Hi folks, Lisa Monaco here. With November 3rd just days away, concerns about election security remain front and center. Last week, top national security officials announced that Russia and Iran have taken steps to influence our elections by obtaining voter registration data and sending threatening emails to voters. And DOJ's National Security Division has unsealed criminal charges against six Russian intelligence officers in connection with some of the world's most high-profile cyber attacks. Meanwhile, decisions by the Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, including the move to declassify unverified intelligence regarding Hillary Clinton, continue to raise questions about his motives. I talk about all this and more with Ken Weinstein on the newest episode of the United Security Podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip with listeners of Stay Tuned with Preet. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid .edu email qualify for a discount at cafe.com slash student. That's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. Well, let's turn now, Ken, to someone who definitely is not on the chopping block when it comes to hiring and firing decisions. And that's somebody we mentioned earlier, Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe. He has done a number of things, including the press conference we mentioned before. He's done a number of things that have been seen as politically advantageous to Trump, including reportedly selectively declassifying unverified intelligence regarding uh, Hillary Clinton. And that has spawned a whole nother set of controversies around uh, Ratcliffe. And, you know, he is, he, he is really taking his turn in uh, the headlines these days. You know, it's, it struck me as yet another example of, you know, him kind of coming into this job. He came into the job with little intelligence experience, I think, except spending some time on the intelligence committee. And there was lots of concern that he would be a political kind of defender and guardian for the president, even though he pledged in his confirmation hearing to be apolitical. But yet what we've seen is, as I mentioned, selective declassification of uh, certain transcripts of uh, phone calls regarding the the Flynn controversy, Flynn's conversations with the uh, Russian ambassador during the transition into uh, for the Trump administration. That has spawned a, a bunch of controversy because he responded to Republican requests to disclose these transcripts of these of these calls, which is highly unusual because these are obviously highly classified and you want a real uh, desire on the part of the intelligence community to keep those things classified. And then more recently, he released this unverified information suggesting that Russian intelligence had acquired information that Hillary Clinton approved a plan uh, during the 2016 election, thereby making it sound very sinister, to kind of stir up a scandal against uh, Trump by tying him to the Russian hacking efforts. And this was information that had been rejected 
by the uh, Mueller investigation and also rejected by the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, the bipartisan report that they issued. But nevertheless, he released this information, declassified, sent it up to the Hill over the objections reportedly of career intelligence officials. So yet again, injecting the intelligence community into kind of politically stormy waters. What what did you make of all that? Yeah, I think there are a couple of ways of looking at this. One is uh, in terms of the substance, as you point out, this was a report, an alleged report of the Clinton campaign tying the Trump campaign to the, the DNC hacks, um, which, you know, is not too terribly surprising given that President Trump actually, I think at a presidential debate, publicly asked the Russians to release emails. So, you know, the, the fact that there might have been such a plan, whether there was or not, isn't all that surprising. That's what a political campaign is all about, taking shots at your opponent. So substantively, I don't think it's all that striking. The thing that is striking is the timing. Once again, just as we discussed with the sort of last minute arranged and breathless press conference on the eve of the uh, second presidential debate, this information was released by DNI Radcliffe right before the first debate. And it actually allowed Trump to make a reference to that intelligence um, in, in the first presidential debate. So pretty clear that it was timed, the release was timed for political reasons. And, and one, of the, one of the many reasons that we've seen to be concerned that the DNI here is really operating as a political operative and less as a representative of the intelligence community. And at issue in all of this, Ken, was this reference to, quote unquote, unverified intelligence, which may have struck some as being a, a kind of bizarre terminology, right? Is it, what does it mean to be unverified, but yet produced by the intelligence community and, and have that assessment attached to it? And I think, you know, it's it's worth just unpacking that for a second, which is to say that, you know, the intelligence community brings together all different sources of information when it's trying to uh, come up with a coherent picture for policymakers of what might be going on, right? So they're going to look at signals intelligence, right? The National Security Agency collects. They're going to look at and assess and trying to understand reports from human sources, right? These are informants and agents who are who are being run by handlers from the Central Intelligence Agency, which is expert in human intelligence. It could include information from government satellites, right? And everything is getting put into a assessment to try and say, what is our kind of comprehensive picture of whatever the issue is, whether it's the North Korea's efforts to assemble a nuclear capability, whether it's uh, Russia's intentions with regard to disrupting our election, whether it is something going on in uh, Iraq and Syria. So they're kind of compiling all of those different sources of information, understanding how competent they should be in those different sources and assembling a picture. And, you know, that's what it means to bring together an intelligence assessment about a particular issue. And if they've got uncertainty or a lack of confidence or have not been able to verify the sources of some of that information, then they're going to lack confidence. That's going to undercut their confidence in that whole picture, right? And so, you know, I think it is worth understanding that the very thing that Ratcliffe kind of sent up 
declassified and sent up to the committee at Republican requests was itself unverified and and lacking in confidence, it seems, from the intelligence community. Yeah, and that distinction between unverified intelligence and disinformation is very important. Disinformation, of course, being information that was planted, in this case, by the Russians, with the hope that we would, our intelligence community would detect that information and be misled by it. That is, that's what disinformation is. Unverified intelligence is, as you said, intelligence that has not been confirmed by the intelligence community. And is, is in some of the reporting, and specifically an article by Brian Greer, who was a CIA lawyer, he, he showed the importance of that distinction in this case, because he said, look, there's been a lot of talk about whether that, that this, the reference to this plan by the Clinton campaign was actually planted by the Russians, so in other words, intentional disinformation. The DNI, to his credit, acknowledged that it is not verified, so may, you know it's at least unverified intelligence. And he said that if it was disinformation, it would be less troubling that the DNI disclosed it publicly because that's information that the Russians wanted us to see. And so the fact that the Russians learned that we've detected that information isn't burning any sources and methods. If it's just unverified intelligence, it is not disinformation. That means that the DNI is disclosing information that the Russians wanted to keep secret. They now know that we have that information, which gives them an insight into our capabilities. So that's more damaging from a sources and methods perspective. So as we're seeing, DNI Ratcliffe is being you know, accused of selective declassification. In other words, declassification is being done selectively for political purposes. It's worth noting, however, that this isn't the first time that a government official has been accused of that. And I remember back at the time that I was chief of staff to Bob Mueller. Our attorney general at the time was John Ashcroft. And this was 2003. And they had gotten the Patriot Act through at the end of 2001, right after the 9-11 attacks. And one of the measures in the Patriot Act was to beef up what is called Section 215, which is a, a law that allows the FBI to um, go to the FISA court to get an order directing somebody to provide records and other documents. And there was a great concern on the part of the American Librarian Association that those 215 orders would be used to get reading records of people going to libraries around the country. And that, that had you know, shades of, of, of a dictatorship looking into people's thinking and, and reading habits. And it became quite a stir. Uh, and you know, you had like people uh, picketing outside of libraries. And in fact, that 215 section became known as the library provision because of the concern about library records. And Attorney General Ashcroft, one who's always uh, ready for a good fight, came out strongly against the librarians. And in fact, in, a, in one famous speech, sort of mocked their concern as being hysterical. Unfortunately, at this moment, Washington is involved in a debate where hysteria threatens to obscure the most important issues. If you were to listen to some in Washington, you might believe the hysteria behind this claim. Quote, your local library has been surrounded by FBI agents. Agents are working around the clock, like the X-Files. They're dressed in raincoats, dark suits, sporting sunglasses. They stop patrons and librarians and interrogate everyone like Joe Friday. In a dull monotone, they ask every person exiting the library, why were you at the library? What were you reading? Did you see anything suspicious? After Attorney General Ashcroft gave that speech, 
He then directed the FBI director to provide information as to how often Section 215 had been used against libraries. And I was Mueller's chief of staff at the time. And the answer to that question was zero times. So Ashcroft, with great flair, issued the or declassified the number of times that had been used. And it was zero, you know, very much sort of puncturing the balloon of the librarians who were who were uh, raising the specter of FBI uh, agents rummaging through library records all around the country. And so it was a very adept use of the declassification authority to score political points. And also simultaneously raises the question, you know, should it have been classified in the first place, right? And then, you know, creating a very good, uh, you know, a, a good debate there, I think. The other thing we should talk about, Ken, because it, of course, uh, involved our old division, the National Security Division, and is in keeping with the theme we're hitting this week. Last Monday, the Department of Justice announced charges against six officers in the Russian General Intelligence I hope you've enjoyed this sample from the United Security Podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who've chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work.